Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This episode of the Adventure Jogger podcast brought to you by Tracy Showerman, Celine Dijon, Michael Shields, Jen Houghton, Megan Fitzgerald McGowan, all of our Patreon supporters, and you, not you, Jeff, but you, the listener. Them. Yes, right there. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Adventure Jogger. Uh, Jeff Stafford is here. And before we get to our guest, and this is a big one, John Kelly is on this episode of The Adventure Jogger. Yeah, two-time Barkley finisher. This interview goes exactly how I thought it would go. Um, Jeff and John geek out on maps and stuff for a good long time. (laughs) Uh, We make John Kelly laugh and a bunch of other things. So uh, great interview with with awesome John Kelly, who was was a great guest. Uh, Real quick. Want to let everybody know that the Adventure Jogger has moved to Spotify. So that's new. Indeed. Um, it doesn't mean anything. Like, you can still get it everywhere. We didn't get the Joe Rogan deal where we got $120 million yeah. to just be on Spotify. They don't know what they're missing. We got a dollar, and and we go on. And so Spotify is where we're housed now. So you can still hear us on iTunes and Stitcher and all that stuff. But I will say, uh, Spotify's podcast app is pretty darn nice. Sure it is. It's a good way to listen to your podcast. Check it out on Spotify. And I just want to let everybody know that at some point, you probably will hear a commercial or two on the Adventure Jogger. So just know yeah. those changes are coming. Um, if you get in soon enough, you still won't hear any, but at some point you will. And I just wanted to point that True. out to everybody. And now on to our guest, John Kelly. John Kelly, how are you, man? Doing all right. How are y'all doing? Doing good. Thanks for coming on the Adventure Jogger podcast. I know that you've been doing a lot of interviews lately. Everybody's talking to John Kelly. A lot of people asking John Kelly questions. You know, Mr. Two-Time Barkley finisher. So I appreciate you taking some time and slumming on this tertiary podcast with us. Yeah, no worries. Going forward to talking to you. Yeah, I think you've probably done probably a half dozen podcasts or maybe more in the last couple of weeks here. So... We want to well, you, you know, there's there's a lot of I think mystery around Barkley, and not a lot of people get to do Barkley, and I've I've had that opportunity to do it quite a few bit, so I feel feel like I can 
should share as much as I can of it. All right. Let's get the elephant in the room out of the way first. John, you're a, you're a one-time Barkley finisher up until a couple weeks ago. You're you, you meet legendary status. You now know as one of the few people that finish Barkley everywhere you go, people are going to say, Oh my God, that's John Kelly. Oh my God, that's John Kelly. People are going to say that you put your body through hell to accomplish what most people will never ever dream of accomplishing. Why in the hell would you want to do it again? Oh, it's good fun to be honest. Uh, you know, at first I, I wanted to go back to it. I first went back to it in 2019 and I just wanted to see how I would handle it, uh, with the difference in mindset with not having that kind of prize of becoming a finisher, uh, motivating me and pulling me forward. The answer was, was not good. I was, I was leading after two loops and I, I just quit. I just didn't want to do anymore. I stopped, went home, uh, and probably went to Sonic and, and then went home. <laughs> Had some tater tots in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, you know, my, uh, I didn't want it to end there, uh, for me with Barkley and, and over the past few years, just my mindset's really shifted and uh, I, I don't have that stress and kind of all consuming need to finish of course anymore, but I've, I've regained that motivation and, and that fire, I guess for, for different reasons. And then beyond that, it, it is without that stress. Uh, it's, it's legitimately fun for me and especially just getting to go out there in my home mountains and, and explore bits and pieces of them that I've, I've never seen myself before and, and sharing that with people from all over the world at the same time. Yeah, I've noticed. I follow you on on all the media plat- social media platforms, and does he and, uncomfortably and, like too many of your posts? By the way, yeah, but, are you like uh, this is just me like, and ten thousand other people? Stop liking my posts, Jeff Stafford. But I've no, and you just kind of alluded to it. I've noticed kind of a, uh, I'll call it a subtle shift in how you ap- approach these events now, and you're you're you seem to be a bit less stressed about them as compared to years past. Is that is that a fair statement? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, those those first few years, I, I didn't know what I was doing, and, and so I, I had that stress of, of trying to figure things out and constantly worrying. Well, you know, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing sure. enough of the right thing? Uh, is is any of this going to work? Uh, am I ever going to be able to finish? Uh, so I, I kind of, you know, I've got that that big monkey off my back of, of the first yeah. finish, but then also just a lot more confidence in, in what I'm doing, how I approach things. I'm working with a, a great coach the past few years, uh, David Roach. Uh, and, and again, just my, my objective has largely shifted from sure. go out there uh, to go out there, have fun and, and keep going as long as I can and, and see what I'm capable of, of sort of willing my own mind and, and body to do even in the absence of that you know becoming a finisher prize. yeah I like that new approach it's uh I mean because that's got to be a heck of a, a thing a, a big cloud you know Barkley finisher hanging over your head and you're like you always have to like be the man you know it's like that's a lot of stress to do it but you've changed how you approach that and that's good on you you were going to say. I was yeah. going to say, John, first of all, I'm just going by my own personal, you know, experience in life. And I know that if I were to finish Barkley, which will never happen, by the way, never. Never say never. If I pull the first Barkley win like you do and I go back in 2019, 
For me to go back in 2019, it would have been, I'm going to prove I'm the toughest MF on the planet, and I'm going to go back. And then two laps in, it would have been rather humbling. Was that a, was that a, when you went back in 2019, was it a humbling moment for you? Was it a, because you just, you quit after two laps. Was it just like, eh, this is not what I thought it was going to be? Or is it, I didn't train like I should? What, what was with the two laps in 19? Well, I, I mean, I, I learned what I, what I sought to learn, I guess, yeah. is my, my goal that year was, let's see how this goes without that uh, needing to become a finisher gotcha. mindset, without gotcha. that motivation behind me. And, and the answer was, again, with, with that missing from the equation and nothing else added, uh, it, it, it didn't work out. That, that equation did, did not balance uh, very well. But now having kind of reframed things, gone back and, and added other things, gained more confidence, kind of changed what my objective was and, and what I'm seeking to learn out there, it, it works out again. And, and it works out in, in a much better way. And you know, now now that I've done that as well, with with being able to finish uh, with that new mindset, it does put me in more of a position where you know I I kind of proved to myself that it wasn't a fluke this time. Right. There's, there's... <laughs> I didn't get lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody can say nobody in the bar oh, group got lucky. can go. There goes John Kelly. He got lucky that right. one year. Like no one could ever say that. They have to be like, yeah, I think I think John's kind of that's, that's legit. Yeah. Like you could write a book now, like like John Kelly's thoughts on Barkley, and no one can say like in the reviews, oh, he got lucky. What does he know? He now, fa- he right, faked it. Right, exactly. <laughs> now you could you really say that you know there was some skill involved in it. I know you've talked a lot about this year's race and what an incredible race. That was to see three finishers. I have to apologize for a That's minute pretty, here. Pretty impressive. I was wrong. I had said on this podcast numerous times, and I'm happy to admit when I'm wrong. My wife will tell you I'm wrong a lot. Um, I said we wouldn't see another finisher for five or six years. I thought we're looking at 2028 before we'd see a finisher. With the addition of some things and the way the course was, I was wrong. Three finishers this year. We could have had a fourth. I mean, circumstances go different. They have four finishers. God, I feel sorry for the people that get in next year because it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be even even crazier. But kind of give us, John, the Reader's Digest version of your experience at Barkley in 2023. Yeah. So you know, it was. I I I felt pretty good about the chances of of there being a finisher. Uh, when based on last year's course, uh, when we got the course map for this year and, and not much had changed, if, if anything, you, you could argue that this year's course was a few minutes faster per loop than, than last year's course. And on top of that, the best Barkley forecast I've ever seen. Right. Yes. It, it, it got cold. Don't, don't get me wrong. That, that first night it was, it was cold. There were some, some tough spots most of the water was frozen uh that that wasn't pleasant to deal with but it it wasn't raining it wasn't muddy like towards the end of the race when i was actually like running down sections of rat jaw with just my feet and not 
sliding on, <laughs> right. on my butt and yeah. all fours the whole time. It was, that was a new experience for me. Uh, that was, that was nice. But we, we started off, uh, in the, again, we, we had a, a reasonable start time as well. And, uh, we started off and, and there were, uh, there were a lot of people up at the front. We had a few groups up front. There was strong uh, veteran experience in each group. I mean, at that point, there there were four of us in the front, uh, and then there was another group behind us that that included Jared Campbell and and, and Carl and and another group shortly behind that that included Guillaume and uh, you, you know yeah. it's finishers and 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 nicodemus uh, de la rosa was out there right. as well so you, you know you've got three finishers and, and multiple fun run finishers uh, up there and those first few groups that are a dozen or so people still within striking distance of finishing towards the end of two loops and, and you know there's going to be some attrition there um and but you know at that point i would have said heck are we gonna you know have have half a dozen finishers here <laughs> Right. Yeah, you had some strong packs, no doubt. No. Yeah. Doubt. So, so, so that was, uh, you know, we, we started to thin out on on the third loop as things usually go. It's uh, for for a finish, I, I kind of think the third loop is where the race really starts. The, the first two are, are kind of the the warm up and, and just having fun out there. Third loop is where you really got to buckle down and, and focus and uh, start to push through th- through some things. Uh, then the fourth loop is is the worst. It's always the worst. Uh, it's, it's always the slowest. It's always the hardest. It's usually at night, on that second night where you're struggling to stay awake. And and yeah, we we really kind of our numbers dwindled at that point in, in terms of who could realistically finish. But still, uh, it, you know, we had four people start loop five, which is the most ever. I think the most ever on loop four as well. The strongest women's performance yeah. ever from Jasmine, Jasmine Paris. Yeah. Uh, and and so it was it was a good year. And I I made the best. One of my goals going into this was was to thoroughly enjoy it. And and I made the best of those conditions to to make that happen. And whereas the the first time I finished, you know it's conditions that year were were awful and we had a start time at 1 42 a.m you were wearing a garbage <laughs> you were wearing a yeah. shopping bag so, that goes to show yeah, you how yeah. bad the conditions were you wore a shopping bag that that last year was cold and wet and i you know i did i slid down my butt most of the way down rat jaw reaching for briars or anything i could to slow my descent and i'm <laughs> wearing a grocery bag that i fashioned into a poncho and you know that's how you see me running up to the finish. We're looking like that and half delirious, uh, hardly knowing where I am. The, this year, I I had a nice buffer of time. Uh, it, it was a beautiful day, warm day, beautiful sunset. I, I climbed up Chimney Top, a, a mountain that I spent a lot of time on with my family as a kid, and just enjoyed the sunset. Got to the top, looks down at the the little farm where, where my my family nice. is, and uh, just kind of sat and enjoyed it for a bit before heading on down into camp. It was uh, a great experience. John, you were one garbage bag or grocery bag away from getting a sweet sponsorship with Kroger. Kroger. 
You, had you come down again, that's when they've been like, ah, we're going to get him. This yeah. John Kelly's our guy. Right. We're going to yeah. hit John Kelly's. Yeah, well, I, I, I think the real one I should go for out there is Dollar General. Now. The Dollar General. Oh, there you go. Yes. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's really a, a sponsorship uh, made in heaven. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Touching the gate for the final time versus your first finish versus your second finish. What were the differences between the two? Uh, the, the first time was just, uh, you know, relief. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I actually made it here. I can stop. I can sit down. My mind can leave the tunnel vision fixation on just getting to the gate. Now, Cause I was so far gone that first time that like, that's, that's all I could think for the past hour. Right. I, I, my mind could think of one thing and I had to choose for that thing to be like, you have to get to the gate. You have to get to the gate. This is real life. You're not dreaming. You're not like, you just have to get to the gate. And so I got there and then, you know, my mind could do other things and actually think about it and relax. And, and so it was really just this relief uh, in the moment. Uh, this time it was more, you know, I was, I was able to appreciate and absorb uh, what I had done and uh, the, the accomplishment as I went up through camp and, stop and you know walk the the glass a little bit to really enjoy it so it was just kind of much more a uh i'll say being able to enjoy the triumph uh rather than just being relieved that there wasn't catastrophe right and now you truly can know rest assured john that people are now really going to whisper oh my god is that john John kelly Kelly. being a (laughs) two-time barkley finisher now that's going to happen. Just prepare yourself for it. You well, know, it's 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 you, you know it's it's a niche within a niche within a sure. niche, and it's uh, so so not a lot of people know about it, generally speaking. But but those who do know about it know, and and in particular, you know, there there are certain places like France. France loves the Barclay. France has always loved the Barclay took a, a trip there with uh with my family towards the end of our stint of living in the uk and I, yeah. someone pulled me aside and they said that's Pantheon john kelly <laughs> in, in, in paris and right. I was like, what but then you look at so aurelian uh the the first finisher this year yeah he's french and and there's video out, out there of him uh on his arrival back in the airport in toulouse and they I mean, they get, they go nuts. It's it's like welcoming home what we would see welcoming home the Super Bowl champions. Right. Or something. <laughs> they, they they pop champagne and they're oh spraying it around in the terminal and and everything. It's they did it's it nuts. right. Well, and yeah. here's, the, here's the thing, John. I know it says that the, the most of the articles say North Carolina John Kelly, but the reality is you're a Tennessee boy, born and born and, and raised. Those mountains are your family mountains. You grew up in Tennessee. Uh, all of that. You didn't get champagne when you went home. There was no, there was no. Where's your parade, John Kelly? Where is the dang parade? I hope you at least got a, a sonic big gulp or something. You know? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> right. 
at the Sonic no, and Wartburg, do you just are you able to just say, "Hey, I'm John Kelly Barkley Finisher. Do I get my free uh, my free cherry, cherry lime? Cola. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's wow. uh, you never know. But I, I'm just I, I'm happy that that the community out there has really embraced the event and embraced the park, and uh, I think is has a much greater appreciation for for what we've got in our backyard there. Uh, and uh, you know, they, they do, they do follow me quite a bit. I, they I, I see that a lot when I've gone off and, and done things out in the UK and I'm, I'm there in the, the Morgan County news, uh, there, there where frozen head is. So it's, um, that it's, is it's so cool. nice. Okay. You have to, you, you glanced over it, John, and I, we got to go back just for just a second. What did your wife and kids think when you're here, you are your dad, you're, husband john you're just having a family outing and some random stranger just comes up to dad and says hey of course the french accent hey are you john kelly what did what did they think of that uh i i I honestly don't don't know if they noticed uh, at that point you know it was a it was a big place and we were all kind of taken in the sights so it's um you're yeah, big in Europe, just, is what you're saying. Ran, just a random encounter. Basically, John's just saying he's big in Europe. He's big That's, in Europe. Yeah, he can he can walk around and stay. He's, just he's fine. the Tom Jones, the Engelbert Humperdinck. Exactly. Of, yes. You, sir, the French love two things: old Jerry Lewis movies and John Kelly. Those right. are the things that they absolutely <laughs> love. Um, well, they, they've they've got their own finisher now. <laughs> Exactly. Yes, they do. Well, maybe that that's going to really hurt your your social media following in France. That they now have their their own their own follower, John. One thing that I've heard about you, this is through some digging, this is through some deep social media dives, this is through interviewing various people. You have, from what I've heard, some people say a legendary sweet tooth. Like you are a sugar guy. You love junk food. What is this thing called the crispy bow? Yeah, so that uh, that's something I came up with many around the time of my first sparkly finish. I I can't remember exactly when I made the first one, but it was uh, it was a, a Bojangles Cajun fillet with a Cajun fillet patty in between two crispy cream donuts. <laughs> And it's, uh, you know, I, I tried at one point, uh, I tried a, um, a British equivalent. I, I think I did like fish and scones. I took some fish and chips <laughs> and put it between. You're like, no, the not the same. Scone. Not was, the same. <laughs> you know, it was, it was good. There, there's, you know, been some, some varieties. Uh, after I did Kona, I did a, uh, um, Malasada, there, there's kind of like big fried donut equivalent there with um, some some chicken katsu in the middle, and that that one was was really good. But this was the first time, having been living in the UK for the past four years, this was the first time in, in quite a while that I'd, I'd had uh, close to a, a crispy bow. It was uh, <laughs> crispy cream actually shut down where I live a oh, few wow. months ago, so. I, oh. But, but, you know, I, I went to a local donut shop, which, uh, to be honest, is probably better anyway. Sure. Could you, could you like, fuel in an ultra off a crispy bow, do you think? Is oh, God, no. <laughs> 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 um, it's, maybe it's maybe it's your last meal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I've had some, and some of these longer things I've done that are, like, five-plus days. 
there have been some things that you would never think uh, or I would never think I would eat. And especially if it's before I'm going down for a nap or something, Sure. like I'll, I'll have a legit meal. Like I'll, I'll have, I'll throw down a whole frozen pizza or, or have some fish and chips or, or things like that. But the, 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 no, the, the crispy boat just hits your stomach like a lead weight. You're not, <laughs> you're not moving for a while after that. Was that. When you moved back to the States, was that like the first thing where you're like, honey, once we get the, the boxes unpacked, I have got to go to Bojangles so I can put a crispy bow together. Well, no, this this it's it's reserved for uh for for, for big achievements only. You, you know, it's a celebration. It's, the crispy bow is yeah, a celebration. It's, it, it's it's not a it's not a participation trophy. It's a, you you've got to earn the crispy bow. Okay, this is everyone's homework assignment for the next week. Okay, I want everybody. Okay, so first of all, I, I know it's the Bojangles. What was the patty? The Bojangles what? Yeah, the Cajun filet. So it's okay. it's the Cajun filet biscuit, uh, and you just take the patty out of there, and 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 that it, the good thing with that it leaves you with kind of a vegetarian uh, complement to it, <laughs> if if the vegetarian doesn't mind that you know the the biscuit has been in contact with meat, you can take the remaining right. biscuit. And then put a donut in between those, and it's it's the bow crispy. <laughs> there you go. I mean, okay, so everybody's assignment. First of all, grab your vegetarian friend, because we all have that vegetarian friend, and I want everybody to try the crispy bow over the next week. Only when you accomplish something, though. Yeah, accomplish something great, and if that whatever that means for you, maybe you went out and ran a good mile. Maybe you walked around the block. I don't know. Whatever, it's, but I want everyone to try the crispy bow. It, and to be to be clear, neither, neither of those work for there's for vegans. There's there's probably two or three sticks of butter. In, in <laughs> so true, vegans true. are out. I'm sorry, vegan listeners of the Adventure Jogger podcast, you're out. So everyone's got, if you're willing to overlook that just yes. that one time, you'll be okay. Get the Cajun fillet biscuit. Remove the biscuit, give it to your vegetarian friend, and then go to go to Krispy Kreme, and you get just the original glazed, right? You can be creative, you know. <laughs> oh, you could you do variants of it. Well, well, hang on here. Would but you... you know, you do just have to keep in mind that if you get ones with filling, uh, when you stack it up that high, it, oh, it, it can get messy. So, so well, you gotta be careful with that. What was the original John Kelly Krispy Bow? Was it just the glazed? Uh, I think it was the the glazed on top, and it, it may have been like maple glazed on the bottom. Oh Jesus! Um, How are you do, not do dead? It. How are you not use, dead, John? <laughs> using one of the, uh, the the apple apple fritter things is okay. also a good option. All right, apple fritter from from Krispy Kreme on or, the bottom. Or apple or cr- cruller, maybe cr- that's cruller, what they call yeah. Them. The but, apple yeah. cruller from Krispy Kreme is the base. Put the Cajun fillet on top of that. Put the standard glazed on top of that. That is your crispy bow, and that is everyone's homework assignment over the next week. Go get you some. <laughs> but seriously, how are you not dead? Does your doctor say, thank God you run it's, these marathons, John? It, right. You know, again, it's uh, I, I love my sweets. That's If I have a good year where I achieve my goals, then I, I may you, have you, two of those. You get year. more of them, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is not a uh, – I don't want to give a misperception that this is a regular occurrence here. What about what about something like uh, little Debbie cakes? Are you a yeah. Debbie guy? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I love generally keep a, a freezer of of Christmas tree cakes uh, year round. See? Just have a stash 
ready to go. That was even in the UK. I, I had one, one time I came back with a whole suitcase full of Christmas tree cakes <laughs> and stuffed them in my freezer. Um, That's hilarious. But Someone's yeah, checking uh, your bag. And, Someone's checking your bag, John, and they're going to open this thing up. And they're, sir, sir can you come over here? We need to talk to you for a moment. This little Debbie Christmas tree cakes. Can you explain these? <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Um, not, not for resale. They're all right. for personal use. You're like, you're, are you a Kinder Egg mule too? Did you bring a bunch of Kinder Eggs back with you when you came? Uh, I think I think my kids did have <laughs> did have a few of those. Um, Kinder Eggs. But yeah, I mean the and outside of that, the the oatmeal cream pies. I mean, legit. That's that's good legit ultra food. And you can they, fuel on those, yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah. mean they're they're. They're good textured, about the right amount of calories. They don't crumble or get smashed easily. They do well in the cold and in the heat. It's it's good. You know, again, I wouldn't fuel just on those, but definitely had a few of those in, in Barkley this year. Well, you think about just the, the calories, right? And I think it, I think an oatmeal cream pie is going to be 200 calories about, give or take some. Yeah, then they, they got the bigger ones now too, which I'd stick with the smaller ones. Um but yeah, I mean, the kind of, kind of the classics I use there is, is that and then the Nutty Bars, which those oh. are about 180, 190 each. So you probably don't want to have the, the two-pack at once, you know, just, just eat one from the two-pack at a time. You know how then, I do Nutty Buddies? I take, I put them in yeah. the freezer. Freeze yeah. those things. Okay. Yep. Mo better. And, and, and then the the sort of a, a, atomic bomb, if you're going down for a nap or just hitting a big calorie deficit, is, is the frosted honey bun. Ooh. Which again, that 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 hits you hard. It, you'll you'll feel a bit bit uh, sluggish after that. But <laughs> there's it, yeah. there, it, it, it's calorie dense. We'll just say that. John, have you ever had any ideas of things to do with the frosted honey bun? Like maybe this is your next great creation. The crispy bow is not what's going to be what you're known for in the junk food world. Are you inspired at all by the glazed honey bun? We'll see. We'll see. You know, I've got my my spreadsheet of, of snack foods, so I might might start trying out some some combinations there. Do you seriously have a spreadsheet of snack foods? Oh yeah. Well, doesn't every, <laughs> doesn't doesn't everybody? I mean, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. U, come UK on. and US. Right. I got, I got them both. Okay, so so do you kind of just keep track of all the junk foods you've tried and kind of do you, do you rate them? Is that what's in your spreadsheet? Uh, the the ones. The ones that are relevant for for ultra running. Okay, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a good one. I researched years ago is your basic fig Newton. If yep. you look at the caloric value and what what's in a fig Newton and compare that to a goo gel, just a standard goo gel, mm-hmm. they are almost identical. They are yeah. almost identical. And. Yep, my, my- my my kids love those, and so I've, I've had quite a bit of those out there. You just gotta make sure you get the um, the, the the bad for you ones. The, they've got all the the multi grain ones right. now with high in fiber. You don't you don't want fiber while you're out there. <laughs> no, no, you do not. You do not want fiber out there. And a fig Newton is a fraction of the cost of a gel. It's it, about ten cents yeah. as opposed to three dollars. I'll tell you what, with when John Kelly's your dad. You never have to worry about having junk food in the house. You know that at some point you're going to open up the closet and there's going to be Christmas tree cakes. Do you hide them? Is there a secret? <laughs> is there a secret closet, John, for your stuff? 
Uh, well, I mean, they, they, they there know, will they be. Know to, they, know, they know not to touch my Christmas tree. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically, because those aren't those aren't available year round. So, no, you, you have no. to buy out. Like, have you calculated your needs you for the entire buying. year? And you and you buy, just go to the store and just buy a, a, a crap ton of them in December. Yeah, yeah, and and again, this this is you know, in general, I, I eat fairly healthily or, or healthy but you know i i do enjoy my indulgences and, and my junk food and well, yeah and so i you know it's not something where in high school i legit i would i would eat a box of christmas tree cakes a day uh, i would tear through them so now it's it's more i, I ration them out uh, again for you know maybe maybe i mean you a, gotta watch your weight i mean you know <laughs> Well, it's not uh, really. it, uh, f- food is fuel, you know. So it if is. I had a long run, I, I I gotta I gotta refuel. You gotta burn it up. Can we just get a McDam crispy cream or crispy or Christmas tree cake? Yeah, sponsorship. Get you a little shirt next time. They'll get you a jersey. See <laughs> little that? Debbie's Christmas trees. Well, I mean, little little Debbie's a Tennessee company. Uh huh. They, they they did sponsor I, I Iron Man Chattanooga for a while. They might still do it. Um. So you know they've they've dipped their toes in the water of of endurance sports. Have you reached out to them at all? Like, hey, listen, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but I'm two-time Barkley finisher John <laughs> Kelly, and I love your Christmas tree cakes. Just so you I, know, I feel I feel like this would, would probably go the same way as as Amelia Boone and her perpetual pursuit of a sponsorship with Pop Tarts. Tarts yes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a it's just a dream. <laughs> hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> well, I, we're, 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 Recurring, but it's a dream, yes. <laughs> talking about junk food. Uh, we're going to shift real quick because Jeff actually has note cards that he has written questions about training because he wants to, we want to kind of just get a little bit. We don't want to know exactly. Like we don't want to know if you're, if you're slumming on stallion and all that stuff, I would, your secrets. But one of the hardest things when it comes to Barkley, John, and maybe you have an advantage because you grew up there. I mean, these are the mountains in your backyard. There's a mountain in frozen head that's named after your family. Navigation. That is a big part of Barkley, when you started to realize that this was a race you wanted to tackle, how did you crack that nut? So it's it's important. Uh, it's it's one of those things. Uh, I'd say you have to meet a certain threshold of navigational skill and knowledge of the course and the terrain. And so you know, you want to study the maps every bit you can uh before the race uh go along all the trails you can dirt before the race to, to get a feel of uh the the terrain and, and the topography and where all the various spurs go and where all the creeks go but you know for the most part navigation at barkley is about not making a big mistake it's mm-hmm. it's not something that's extremely complicated. It's not orienteering where, you know, you have to take a bearing of a certain degree and then march a quarter mile in that direction over whatever terrain is in your way. 
it's you're running down this spur then you're running along this ridge line then you're following this creek and so it's it's got a natural flow to it where you're going with the lay of the land it's just when you have that momentary loss of focus and you accidentally go down the southwest spur instead of the south spur and then you know by the time you reach the bottom you're you're quite a ways off course and everything everything out there looks the same it's dense forests it all looks the same and so when you're in a position where you've gone off course and now you have to try to navigate your way back onto course and you don't get to just follow the terrain that's when a small mistake becomes a catastrophe well so like we were talking about you've you've been through several podcasts this week mm -hmm. and i ryan said it best i've got some some topics here here we um, go you ready these are on the note cards <clears throat> we're busting out the, the note cards john three by fives baby it's time to get real here um, we go so don't want to talk, like we said, we started off, don't want to talk about any specifics of Bar Barkley, i.e. Yeah. How, how do you apply? Well, you've got a blog on that if they want to know. But, you know, uh, what, what's your nutrition? What's the details of the course? Where are the books hidden? What's the, you know, all those things. We already know his nutrition. Try it's, to get it's out. Christmas tree cakes. Um, That's already been answered. What, yeah. Go what, to the next what I want, card. What I want to discuss is your, and Ryan just kind of touched on it there, is what what techniques what skill sets do you need to i'll call it make your way around the course yes you need to know how to use a compass and understand the basics of that but there's there's so much more to it um uh correlating what you see with what's on the map and or what you see on the map with what's out in front of me and that type of thing you what how do you how about what's your process how do you go about doing all that and it's not just as it applies to Barkley. It could be any any adventure race or multi-day event where you have you're responsible for navigation. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, Barkley, I've I have my map. I I copy the course map onto mine. Sure. Draw the lines, and I go ahead and write all of the the bearings for each descent, each climb, each major turn on my map. Right. And, and then, uh, you know, if I come to a spot where my, my brain's a bit foggy, I, I really, to be honest, I don't have to do this much anymore because I, I just, I know. You know where you're at, yeah, just because of familiarity um, with the course. But, you know, early earlier on, I, I would, at the top of a, a descent, I'd, I'd pull out my map and say, okay, it's, it says 50 degrees, pull out my compass, point myself 50 degrees and, and find the the closest spur because because again I, I know that i'm not right. just cutting yeah. across the the terrain um and 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 head down and, and i might if it's a night i might occasionally pull my compass out and make sure that i'm still headed in that direction uh as i descend but it's it's not something where again i'm, I'm worrying about being perfect down to the degree or, or anything like that and once once I get the course in my head, it's it's really not even as much as saying 50 degrees. I might just visualize the course map in my head and know I, I need to head approximately uh, northeast. 
and and that's okay. So by let my compass. How soon do you get that in? Is it lap one where you kind of get the lay of the land, and but lap two you're going the other way. So is it by lap three? Are you like okay? I've got this kind of figured out both directions. Yeah, and and again, it, it varies a bit on on your own experience out there right. as well. Uh, parts of the course are, are new, uh, but uh, most of it is uh, carries over. Yeah, sure. Year. Yeah, you, you know, five years at apart, least segments maybe, of it. Most yeah. of the course is is the same, but yeah, there's there's still overlapping segments. Um. So yeah, I mean that that first time around, I'm. I'm checking that and, and trying to refresh myself on any landmarks that might be out there uh is is that's a a really useful thing when you're when you're trying to move quickly because again you you just you don't even have time really to to keep stopping and checking your bearing constantly like you you've got to move uh, a lot of people think Barkley's not a not a running race, but like this, the sixty hours is is a tight cutoff for what it is, and you've got to move. You can't afford that time to be constantly stopping and, and double checking yourself. So that that first time or or two around, what well, you know, maybe once in each direction, that's where I'm refreshing myself on some of the things that you know you lose familiarity with uh, over the course of, of a year or two and you remember oh yeah there's there's that tree or, or there's that creek crossing or, or there's that rock that i look out for to know that but, i've gone far enough but to your point you kind of alluded, hit a couple of them that i was going to cover but you just did um and again this this could apply to any any adventure type race where you're responsible for your navigation or making your way around a course um map preparation is a big big thing um the more you put into it obviously the more you're going to get out of it the more time you have available to plan and put notes on it and whatever makes sense to you not maybe not another runner but makes sense to you as well as mentally rehearsing that if you have the time available i know i'm familiar yeah. with that aspect in uh being the military on missions we would do the map prep hours and hours and hours of map prep we would mentally rehearse uh non-stop in your head while you're sleeping just constantly to the point where you could literally like you said visualize the map in your head and a lot of those bearings and things you had committed to memory there's just a lot of if time is available there's a lot of things you can do to help yourself and you and yeah you, and you, you touched absolutely. on all those. and and that's I will give a bit of a caveat here that each year at Barclay now, I think the map prep, like actually course copying the course map over onto my own map is yeah. my least favorite part of the week. It's just uh, at this point, it's tedious to me. And I'm, <laughs> in my own head, I'm like, oh, I just know this stuff. I know where that goes. <laughs> I really need to. Yeah. But, you know, I have to do it. And I make sure that I do it. It's good to refresh myself. It's good just taking the action of drawing sure. those lines is a huge reinforcement in, in your mind. Uh, to where when I'm out there, I am better able to visualize that and pull it out of memory without having to physically take my map out and unfold it and try to read the bearings if it's raining or foggy or cold or, or whatever. But the other big thing that, that you can really do ahead of time to, to prepare is knowing, uh, like of all the kind of navigational trick i don't trick isn't the right word but just simple tools out there that i would say is most important in anything like barkley or any again any race sure. like this where you're, you're, you're navigating is knowing how to use backstops 
knowing that, it, you know, I, this descent is approximately 50 degrees or I'm going approximately Northeast, whatever it is, sure. but also knowing if I'm going to miss, I need to miss to the right. And then when I hit the bottom, yep. I know to turn left. And there are a lot of descents out there where, it, you know, if you go a little bit too far to the right, you hit a creek and then you follow the creek down a sure. little ways to the correct, you know, the perfect line. No big deal. You go a little bit too far to the left and you end up like way out and, you know, wander off into Kentucky eventually. So, you know, committing those things to memory of, again, like it's foggy. It's tough to see. I might mess up. If I'm going to mess up, which direction sure. do I do it in? Yep. So I, I was just going to say, we, I use a similar technique myself in, in, in flying, low-level flying in helicopters for a lot of years. We use basically the same technique. You have a backstop. It's a, if I see this, I've gone too far in this direction, whatever that direction may be. Or you have side rails, guard rails, whatever you call them. If I yep. see this to my right or to my left, I've drifted this too far left or right, and they, they funnel you back to where you need to be going. Um, sure, that cardinal heading that you figured out is, is beneficial, particularly in the dark at times. Uh, one other thing we used was something called a, uh, I'll call it a horizon spot, if you will. Is this top secret stuff that you're no, not supposed no. to be talking about? No, but okay, just want to make sure. I don't want as an people example, showing up at your door. As an example, you're, you're on a hilltop, and let's say you have to navigate down a spur, down a valley, a draw, whatever you want to call it, to a trail and a creek intersection, okay? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of things between you and that. But if you look on that map beyond, if you draw a line from where you're at to where you need to go, and then beyond, does something line up with that in the distance on the horizon? Like maybe another peak? Or maybe it's just off center a little bit one way or the other? You can use that to help guide you down without having to rely on that compass. There's just yeah. a lot of techniques, and, yeah. And there, there's not, I think that's one thing that messes people up a lot at Frozen Head. There's not as many opportunities to do that as there right. is in some of your big alpine environments where you can see forever. Frozen Head's dense forest. Sure. And there, there are a few spots where you can definitely do that. Yeah. Um, you know, looking down at fodder stack mountain as i'm coming down uh stallion comes to mind or, or looking back down into petros as i'm, I'm going right. up uh the, the beach fork and and so there are a few spots like that but but there are also tons of, of portions where you you don't have that and that's where knowing little details and just being acutely aware of your surroundings and all of your senses, especially at night or in the fog, like listen for that creek. I know certain areas of the course where the wind is almost always going to be blowing a certain direction. Right. And even, you know, again, I, I hate map prep at this point because I, most of this is in my mind, but like that first year I did Barkley, I got on Google Earth, I drew in every single old Jeep road, old logging road, everything that I could find anywhere. It was all added onto my map. I even took 
there is a Windrock Mountain, uh, a ways east sure. of, of yep. Rosenhead, has some wind windmills on it. Yep. And those those aren't on the map, but I took I took my map and I drew sight lines to those windmills. Sure. All the way down Stallion Mountain. So at any point in time, I could look off in the distance to the east and see the little blinking lights on top of those windmills, and use that as a reference point. Yeah, that's that's kind of there's just there's a ton of techniques and but a, a lot of it goes back to familiarity with the park itself. I.e., know all those trails forward and backwards. I mean. Because yep. you never know where you're going to pop out. And if you've got enough knowledge to know, if you pop out on a trail and you can say, okay, I know where I'm at within 100 yards either way, you got it pretty well locked. Yep. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Two things. First of all, John, did you know that your skill set is in line with a Special Forces helicopter pilot skill set? <laughs> you had no idea, right? Well, I know you had an aviation or aeronautical background at one time, so... Well, yeah. Well, I worked for an aerospace company. Um, Close but, enough. But yeah, little, little different stakes there. Uh, you know, worst that can happen to me out in Barclays, I wander off into Petros and get picked up by right. the sheriff. Right? <laughs> by Carl, the best sheriff. Right. Exactly. Um, but little did you know, you guys, that was a full geeking out moment right there. I don't, you guys were, were digging on maps. That was the most geeky map talk I've I, ever had. I, what? I do have one other topic. Well, can I, can I you, get my other thing first? You may. I just want to say, everybody, the Spotify money has not come in yet. Don't oh, think we've oh yeah, cashed those right. checks because, yes, my wife is making cupcakes in the background. Those are the sounds you're hearing. Those are the the things are being dropped. My wife is making we're, – we're recording in my kitchen, okay? Sorry. But the Spotify check has not been <laughs> cashed. But, but yes, so that's the sound you're hearing. So the crazy noises in the background is yes, my my wife is making cupcakes. We will uh, having this big burden upon us now of being a legitimate podcast. We will find a place that where the cupcake sounds don't intrude on the podcast experience. But I need to know what type of cupcakes are you making? Um, these are pumpkin muffins for you and Jeff. Pump. She's making pumpkin muffins for Jeff and I. Nice. Ah. Are you a pumpkin muffins guy, John? Uh, yeah, that sounds good. I mean, I, I, I've hardly met a muffin that I wouldn't try. That's, that's, that's the darn truth. I will say that obviously, I think the the, the date is expiring because I mean, this is this is we're, we're recording this like on the 29th of March. It is past. It is pumpkin is past pumpkin season, so I think the expiration date is coming up on the box. She's like, I gotta use this <laughs> stuff. I gotta, I gotta use gotta it. Get these stuff before they before they run out. Um, so really April good. April 11th. April 11th. So. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. The expiration date is April 11th, John, meaning that we, we still have We're safe. 12 days. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm 2024. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, Plenty of time. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, you, I wanted to point that out because there's people that may have tried it going, I don't know. Did you guys hear that that Adventure Jogger had John, is going to have John Kelly on? And they'd never listened before. And they were probably like, this is going to be a great podcast. Right. They're going to talk about maps. 
and they're going to talk about training. They're not going to talk about honey buns and no, and, no. and Krispy Kreme donuts. Why, why would you do that? And certainly, there's not going to be the host's wife making muffins in, in the, the background. background. <laughs> Wrong. That's what we. That's yeah. So, yeah, honey. Yeah. They can't quite. You got to come here and say it. The mics are. Oh, they can pick up your your mixing and match. This is John Kelly, by the way. He's a very nice man. Hi, John. Hey there. Do you like pumpkin muffins? Uh, I do. It well, uh, you know, sounds delicious. Next time you're this way, I'll make you some. The box mix doesn't expire for another year. <laughs> that's, that's good. good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but the the measuring cups fell by accident. Somebody didn't put them away right. Oh, so it's my fault now. <laughs> I'm just. I don't know who put them away. I'm just saying they weren't stacked right. So okay. So you know, sorry. I'm sorry to all the listeners. Do you have a sorry. question for John Kelly? No. How long did it take you to recover afterwards? Oh, that's good. Okay. Is that all right, John? Is that that's a yeah? That that's that's changed a bit, and and I I feel like I've I've gotten better at that as as I've done more of these things. It's uh, I'm I'm back out running now, uh, so I I guess we're a little less than two weeks after Barkley now, thirteen days or so. Yeah. Uh, so started doing some light running last week. My, my coach generally has me take a, a full week off, but it's it's usually the the catching up on sleep and just the the mental recovery that's that's the worst after these things. So I feel like I've I've gotten a bit better at that. Uh, I fortunately, since this race took place during the week, I had the weekend to kind of try to catch up on, yeah. on things a bit. So, you know, I'd say that I, I wasn't terrible uh, a, a week later. Honey, I know you're still baking muffins. He said he feels better now and he's running. So, okay. He's back to so, running now. How many days did you take off before you started running again? I, th- I, I think it was a about a week. On this podcast. Um, maybe five, five, five or six days at least. Five or six days. Five or, that's, that's not very long because you ran a long way. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, short runs, easy runs starting off. So you just kind of build back into it as your uh, your mind and your body feel ready for it. That's a great question, honey. Are you just laughing no, at no, me, those Ryan, are great. because I'm out hosting you? He's laughing with you. I'm laughing with He's you. La- okay, all, right. all I know is right now John is saying, I'm going to make sure that I delete the Adventure right. Joggers <laughs> email. So when I get an email from this guy, I, I never have to answer again. No, because I promised him pumpkin muffins. That's true. So, okay, you know, yeah, there's that. Yeah. There's an open invitation for pumpkin muffins. But the thing is, John likes, we talked about this earlier, you were busy making muffins. We talked about John likes to take a Bojangles Cajun filet and put that in between two Krispy Kreme donuts. So could you make wow. like a pumpkin muffin with like bacon? Yeah, well, you, you could smash two pumpkin muffins around a Cajun filet, I'm sure. Okay, pumpkin so, muffins and Cajun filet. That yeah. could work. Yeah. yeah. All right. we, There's a Bojangles here. There's a Bojangles or, in Clarksville. Or, or, or just pumpkin biscuits. Uh, that's yeah. something I haven't seen much of. Pump, uh, can you make pumpkin yeah. biscuits? For sure, yeah. Okay, John, here's the deal. I don't know if you ever come the Nashville way, but if you do, just respond to my email. And, and Christina will make pumpkin biscuits and we will have Ooh. pumpkin biscuits with the Cajun filet and see how that goes. Sounds good. So it's, it's a good experiment. All right. Good. That's, so that's great. It's a deal. All right. It's on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's happening. All right. 
So Jeff? I got one one other uh, a serious question, or we want to talk about bacon muffins still? We can do either. <laughs> you want to I go mean, to the serious <laughs> question? <laughs> um, John's a busy guy. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, <laughs> so where was I going? With that? Oh, oh yes, it's, you, you kind of hit on it's it with been your derailed now. You kind of hit on it with your recovery there. Um, back to the Barclay or any multi-day event. How how has your sleep deprivation and sleeping evolved? I know the first time you finished Barkley, you you slept slept at Camp Barkley, and you you've tried to sleep here and you try to sleep there, and you I know a lot of it's weather dependent and day and night dependent, and there's a lot of variables that you got to kind of sort through. But I noticed this year, I don't think you did any prolonged sleeping at any time, but you tell us. Yeah, that's that's another thing that just uh, doing these sorts of events. Uh, you, you really gain a lot of experience there, not in terms of needing less sleep or somehow training your body to, to not need sleep, but just learning what to expect and, and what works best for you. And, and so there were definitely some low points early on. Sure. Uh, a lot of those were predictable for me, though. I, I know that my, my body's own circadian rhythm, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to feel awful uh, just before and after sunrise and around 4 p.m. every day. I'm, I'm going to feel lethargic if I'm out there running. I, I might start to, to to want to drift off a bit. And I, I know that if I, if I can just push through those time windows, that it's, it's going to be better when I get on the other side. And sometimes I might even uh, try to preempt those that take some caffeine just before that yep. to, to get myself through it especially if i'm heading heading into camp I, I never want to hit camp at a low point and that's something i've, I've learned the hard way it's just so tempting. i can see that because it, if you're it, at a low point when you yeah. hit camp it's just way too easy to just stop. stay yeah right. I, don't, I don't want to go back out no so you know not letting myself quit in camp is, is huge telling my crew don't you dare let me quit in camp. Kick me uh, out. Is, yeah, another big thing. Uh, so this year, I I still feel like 60 hours for me is right at that threshold of what I can possibly do without sleep. I haven't quite done it yet. Some people have. John Fegvresi, my, my right. crew mm -hmm. uh, this year and uh, one of my crew in 2017 when I finished, he finished Barkley in 2012 and he didn't sleep a bit. Wow. Um, my, so for this type of 60 hour event, uh, generally I'll, I'll push through the, the first night. And then as I'm making it through that second night, if, if caffeine isn't doing the trick anymore, if, if, if I get to that point where I'm just stumbling along where I can't move with any speed sure. where I'm losing focus I'm at risk of mistakes and I, I, I'm seriously having trouble just keeping my eyes open like I'm at risk of falling asleep on my feet at, at that point and so that's when I, I try to, to get in a quick power nap like 15 minutes just does wonders for the mind and that can and, be anywhere yeah, and, and right. you know, it generally it takes 15 minutes for mo most sources of caffeine to kick in. So you give yourself some caffeine, then go down for 15 minutes, and you pop back up, and the caffeine hits, and the nap hits both at the same time. You're mentally, it's, it's amazing what that can do. And you just a few minutes, you get going, and uh, I'm generally good for at least a few hours uh, after that. 
So the big risk for me uh, in those situations is, is that I'll, I'll fall asleep for too long. I don't know how much of a legitimate mm-hmm. risk this is for me because generally your, your body is throbbing and other things at that point to where you can't sleep very long. But sure. I, I try to find an uncomfortable spot. And so this year, uh, you could say there was the misfortune of nice, warm, comfortable weather on, on the last loop. And so I was trying to like lay down in cold creeks and in, I, I found some muddy tire tracks and poured some water over myself and laid down and one of my childhood friends walked by on a hike with his family <laughs> and I convinced myself after the race and now that that couldn't have really happened. I, I'm, I must have hallucinated that. And then I reached out to, I hadn't talked to this guy in like 20 years. I reached out to him. I was like, this, this is going to sound crazy. But <laughs> were, were you, uh, <laughs> and he was, it was actually, oh my him. Gosh. What? It, was, it was nuts. Yeah. So, um, but that was, that was one of my attempts at sleeping. It didn't work out. And that, between a few attempts on loop five, I'd say I got 15 to 20 minutes of sleep okay. uh, in this one, which lines up with like, I did the Penine Way a couple of years ago in sure. 58 hours, and I think I got about 20 minutes of sleep in, in that too. Quick question about your friend. Did he know what was going on, or did he think that you were homeless? So he, he knew, and that's the real fortunate thing, because like, if he didn't know about Barkley and he didn't know about some of my prior experiences there, right? then uh, like he would have insisted on, on dragging me off the mountain and, and getting me like, to help. Like, like, no, no, no. I'm in the middle of a race. I can't stop right now. Yeah. Like, sure you are. <laughs> right. Like, someone's, someone's hypothermic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's go. As he's walking but away he, with his wife. Yeah. He, he told me he just, you know, he was out there camping with his family and he had been uh, describing to his kid, like he didn't know Barkley was there until after he got there. Right. And so he was telling his kids about it and how we'd run all through the night and they thought that was crazy, which, you know, it, it is. And uh, so then they got up the next morning and, and there I am. So it was a nice, uh, tangible uh, addition to his, his story. That's awesome. I just only imagine like he's walking away with his wife after he saw you, you know, looking rather disheveled, just laying in some tracks. When you know John really, I thought he had it going for him. He, the, what's, I don't you know, know what happened. Good family man, and and I must have got into meth or something. I don't know what's <laughs> wrong with him, but I just I worry. I worry so much about John Kelly, and, and you know, reach out to him or something. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, okay, so before we get, in just moments, folks, this is exclusive to the Adventure Jogger. This has not been discussed on any other podcasts, we've checked out, we've listened, actually made Jeff listen to every single podcast right. that John has been on. Everyone. Um, what we have for you coming up in just minutes is exclusive. Um, John's going to help you get into Barkley. It's going to be awesome. Just just stick around for that. Um, that'll be the final question. John, I wanted to talk one more thing about you before we go back to Barkley because you know, you're the guest. It's a big deal. Um, you would run a marathon dressed as Link 
from The Legend of Zelda. And you had, for a while, a record for fastest marathon dressed in a video game costume, correct? Yeah, I think I still have that. I haven't checked on it lately, but... I, I can't imagine many people, you know, like, like what, what kind of costume... If you dress like Super Mario, maybe, but like if you... There's a lot of costumes you probably couldn't do very very well and quick. I mean, Link, Link was tough. It was at Boston, and it was a headwind year, and that, that tunic was like a parachute. <laughs> it, was, it was not the like, best choice. <laughs> so, so saying all that, John, and I, people can't see us, this is audio only, so no one can see that we were baking muffins the whole time. Um, so uh, what is, you got a nice set of, of, of gamer headphones on, and I say this in the nicest way, so please know that I'm using this term as a term of endearment. You seem to me like someone who likes the geeky sort of things in life, which is yeah. great because I do as well. What is the geekiest thing about John Kelly? Oh, well, I, 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 where, where to begin on that one? I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a data science nerd to begin with. Um, you have a, you have a the, junk food spreadsheet, by the way. We got that. That, that didn't that's, say that. You can't true. use that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I don't, I don't have quite as much time to get into the geeky stuff as, as I used to, uh, mm. before kids, I used to be a pretty, pretty hardcore world of Warcraft guy. I was, uh, I was a, a rogue troll rogue and, uh, you know, really kind of got into that. Not, not to the, not to the extent of, of going to, to cosplay stuff or anything like that, but I've, I've had my fair share of, of gaming through the years. Okay, uh, Star Trek or Star Wars? See, that's a tough one because uh, I feel like I, in general, I, I enjoy Star Wars more. But as of right now, there's just not as much of it. Disney might change that mm-hmm. soon. They're they're headed that way at least. Star Trek is actually going back to when I got back into running. That is my pre-race like night before the race I'll, I'll watch an episode or two of star trek to just kind of wind down as a ritual type thing uh it's been my go-to on on the treadmill for a while as much as i try to avoid the treadmill um but at this point i'm I, i'm nearly running out i've gone through all of the old series all of the movies and i'm now on discovery which i, I just don't you can skip I'm, discovery I'm not I'm not. Skip it. It's... Are you on? Have you seen? Have you seen Strange New Worlds yet? No. Okay. No, skip I Discovery. Haven't. Go I, straight I think, to Strange I, I think I've got Strange New Worlds and Picard left. Engage. Um, and, exactly. And, you know, see if I can make it through the rest of Discovery, but it's it's not my. I stopped after. Not my favorite. Season three is when I I bailed. I was like, I'm out. I'm out. So you could, if you can make it longer than season three, you're you're a tougher man than me. All I, right. Yeah, I've I've made it just before Barkley. I, I made it through season two, and it's uh, <laughs> you know getting started on season three is is a bit of a you're like mm, uh, you know what? Yeah, yeah. This I don't is, know. I think you have to look at Star Trek Discovery like you looked at Barkley in 2019. You two laps in, it's eh. enough. That's it. <laughs> I don't need any more. There, there you go. I'm not feeling it. But, yeah. but my now now my. My wife has has gotten into like Mandalorian, and and so we've, right. we've gone through that, and that's been good. My my kids are getting old enough to where I could go through the star, the Star Wars series, the the, the movies with them. Yep. So uh, I feel like it, you know the the pendulum is probably going to swing uh, back towards Star Wars. Uh, I would say that's what it was for me originally. 
really got into the Star Trek series, but I think it's going to swing back the other way now. All right. This is finally, this is the exclusive Adventure Jogger only. Yeah. Uh, John Kelly, we've signed non-disclosures. So this is this is an only deal on Adventure Jogger. John, um, I've heard this year there's a new entry procedure for, for Barkley. Um, what people need to do is, from what I gather, and I want you to give advice on this so people you know, can, can, can basically try to get in, get a good chance of, of people getting in. So I hear you have to send an email on April 1st. You have to send an email on April 1st to the email address. You're never going to get in at hotmail.com. So write that down. You're never going to get in at hotmail.com and it has to be at noon. Laz is tired of getting up early. He does not want to be looking at email inboxes at midnight. So at noon on April 1st, you have to send an email to you're not going to get in at hotmail.com. And what the entry requirement is this year, you have to put your name at the top of it. And then he wants a four page review of the movie Three Men and a Baby. Yes. That's what he wants at noon. My sources tell me the Center same. Right by noon. The way, so. John, what recommendations would you give to people to help them improve their chances, knowing that we've just discussed the new way to get into Barclay? How can people better their odds? Should they focus on watching Three Men and a Baby? Should they go from memory? Like, John Kelly, let's help everybody get into Barclay next year. Well, I mean, you know, you, you've got it right that there is a certain date and a certain time and, and a certain email address and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a, a bit of an essay that you write. And so what's in there can can be kind of whatever you're you feel gives you the best odds makes you kind of stand out uh it's it can be a lot with with background and and your own kind of unique uh experience and 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 what you bring there that that's that that matters a lot but then also you know realistically speaking just just go out and and don't be don't be scared failing things go out and have some big adventures and do things that you enjoy and that you're passionate about and if if those are the sorts of things that are relevant to Barkley, then then Barkley is is relevant to you, and it's it's something that that you should keep pursuing, and uh, hope to to see you out there one day. Or if you just want to skip all of that entirely, go win the Barkley Fall Classic or Big Dog's Backyard, and you get right. Go out. win it. Now, now, what was that email again? You're not going to get in at hotmail.com. Uh, basically, all what John was saying was code word for your essay better have two full pages about Tom Selleck. That's just, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's all. That's what I heard. That's a, John, just all of that, just to say that John Kelly, I can't leave. We can't let you go until, cause the muffins aren't done yet. Um, is this enough? Is two times enough? Or are you like, maybe I'm the first three time finisher. Well, no, J- Jared's already. Well, you're right. You're right. Exactly. Maybe I'm another yeah. three-time finisher. Yeah. So, so Brett Mounty's done two. Jared's done three, and, and now I've done two. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I feel like the variables don't really change for me going between a second and a third the the way that they did between a first and a second. Sure. If anything, I've I've gained more confidence uh, in doing that and and know what what I I'm, I'm capable of. Who knows? What he'll do to the course, I don't think it'll be as big of a difficulty increase as some people think it might be. We had really good conditions this year. True. Uh, you you don't want to make it to where it requires the perfect person having the perfect race uh, in the perfect conditions in, in order to finish. 
Uh, and, and so I, I think that'll definitely come into play and, and we'll see as, as long as, you know, I live nearby now and as long as I'm having fun out there and feel like I have a legitimate shot myself and I'm also increasing the odds that other people have just by being out there and, and my experience and, and knowledge of the course being out there, uh, then, then sure, you, you know, why, why not have a go at it and, and see what happens. Damn straight. Good answer, John. John, thank you for taking so much time dealing with the muffins and having some fun with us on the Adventure Jogger. This has been a blast. Yeah, thanks very much. Enjoyed it.